To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 134. The boys is back in the building doing what we do best. We have been on a little hiatus for a little while, but we come back refreshed with new ideas, new content. We back in the game. We back locked in just in time for football season as we go into basketball season. Uh, week one of the college football season starts this week. We'll get into that. But this episode is solely for the fantasy players because we know that your drafts are coming up. So we want to help you with that as much as we can. Uh, we'll get into that in just a moment, but I have to check on my brothers. What's up, fellas? What's up, man? It feels good to be back. It feels good to um, get people the content. Um, I actually have a co-worker over the, the time that we took a break that uh, was asking, hey, when you guys coming back? When you guys coming back? You know, we was just, you know, I don't really, I don't like to really promote the podcast. I like it to be natural, but. I've been promoting it a little bit more lately. And the guy said, Hey, I listen to you guys. You have a Colts fan. How you get a Colts fan? How did that happen? You know, you got a Saints fan. And they said, But you guys are all Lakers fans. I was like, Yeah, well, that's all that, that's that's what really brought us all together to really do the podcast. So he's really locked in. So when he hit this episode, you know, I told him I was gonna give him a shout out on the podcast. But let's do it, fellas. Yeah, man. Shout out to him. Uh it's kind of funny because I told Rob a similar story really yesterday. Um, we were talking. I had a coworker that really did the same thing. I uh, was kind of wondering where we've been. So, of course, I know he's going to be listening to this episode. So we back getting it rolling. I feel like we back like we never left. And so I'm not going to delay it. You know, I'm ready to get right into it so we can cover this content. So let's hop into it, fellas. Yes, sir. So we promised that when we got back, we'll jump right back into fantasy. Uh, of course, the league we share uh is i'm getting a little rusty fella i'm sorry i got a little you know we got to do a little promotion man make sure everybody's following us on o underscore bench warmers on instagram and twitter that's how you can follow us on social media and make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast um but yeah it, you know we've been saying we we jump back this is our favorite time of the year we get a little competitive get this, those juices flowing of course the listeners know that we share two leagues the opinionated bench warmer fantasy uh sponsor uh, redraft was well, actually a keeper league, 12 teams, PP full PPR. And then we also share a dynasty league, uh black mama dynasty league. Shout out to the, to the league mates out there, league owners of that league, uh, extremely competitive. So we had those two drafts coming up Um today. I mean, I just want to talk to you guys, man, how many leagues y'all doing this year? I guess I'll start. I'm in three leagues. So I'm in our both, both leagues. I just said, and then uh, of course I'm in, a, in my frat league that I do every year. 
Um, I, I used to do six or seven, but I cut it down. It became too much. So I'm, I'm keeping it simple this year, fellas. Sorry, I hit the mute button. Still, I guess I'm rusty too. <laughs> um, no, uh, I, I think, so it always starts off every year where I'm doing maybe, I say, oh, I'm doing three leagues. And then somehow August hits and then all these leagues come up and then all these guys say, hey, are we redoing this league? And then, like you said, the competitive juices get going. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I win. So right now I'm the league champion of my office league, you know, and so I have to, you know, the champion has to return for that. And so um, I would say about seven leagues I'm doing this year. Three of them are like low threat. Four of them, I would say competitive. Three low threat, four competitive. So you basically got what me and Rob got combined because I'm in in four leagues this year. Uh, I got two dynasty leagues. We just had a dynasty startup uh, not too many nights ago. And uh, then I'm in two, you know, redraft leagues, including our keeper league. So, uh try to not get too crazy with it i feel like that's kind of a good little sweet spot right there for me uh and i like kind of having the diversity of having two dynasty leagues and also two the redraft leagues as well yeah i mean i can't do seven anymore i said i wasn't doing it to myself again i want to focus i want to get back to the basics uh it's been a while since i won a championship uh, so I'm trying to I'm trying to get back in that championship rank. So I'm keeping it simple, keeping it focused. Uh, plus, I I gotta I feel like y'all getting too comfortable and getting too loose. I need y'all to put some respect on my name in the in the in the keeper league draft uh, as well as dynasty. I know dynasty. I might be a year off from being competitive, but definitely in the peanut bench moments league, I I gotta go ahead and get another ring on y'all. So, but let's jump into it. Of course, we'll get into it. We're going to tiers of positional players that you should be targeting or how we, at least how we look at the, you know, value of these, these players. Um, we'll start off with running backs guys. Um, I think I'll rip them off. Uh, just stop, stop me where, where I land, but um, I'll go, you know, my, in, in my top tier, I would put Christian McCaffrey and um, Austin Eckler uh, at the top tiers there. Um, do you, do y'all have anything to add to that? Or should we move on? No, to I, I think I'm in full agreement with you, you know, um the the with looking at the running back position it's hard to find a running back that does it all those are two guys that run they have goal line work right they catch the ball as well um you know and they're the main guys with not much really behind them in their in their in their in their backfield so um i'll be in agreement with those two guys i will maybe squeeze in like a barkley um barkley because he also has that same type of role where he's ever down back so maybe he's that third guy in that top that top tier yeah uh like you said man i agree with that honestly my top tier is a little bit larger than that i have actually four running backs to sit in my top tier i think one of the guys uh he's probably gonna fall obviously in y'all's tier two uh, but i'm really high on a, a rookie out there uh so i don't want to jump ahead of things but my tier one does consist of a, of a big time rookie uh as well so yeah, I mean, let's get into Christian McCaffrey. That's a good point there, Ramon. I think I see where you're going with that one. But you got Christian McCaffrey, and we know the threat of Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell is pretty effective. The only knock on Elijah Mitchell is that he can't stay on the field. And then even if you take Christian McCaffrey, which I've seen he's going number one in, in a lot of drafts uh, and going no no lower than two at most. Um, well, I'm sorry, he's not going number one. I lied. We all know who's going number one. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, he's going number two. 
I hadn't seen him going any further down and then probably like a fourth pick in mocks that I've done, but you know, twofold, how concerned are you in Christian McCaffrey's ability to stay healthy? And then on the flip side, you got a guy like Elijah Mitchell, uh, shout out to the raging Cajuns. That's where I moved up uh, to DC from in life yet, but Elijah Mitchell is really effective and, Shanahan was not shy in, in using Elijah Mitchell, and we really didn't see Christian McCaffrey take off until Elijah Mitchell got hurt, which he always does. But I want y'all to attack both pieces on that. Um, so I'll say this: me as a drafter looking into fantasy league, I don't let injuries affect my decision, especially if they're going into the year already healthy. Right? That's that's a safe approach. I don't play the safe approach. I play to win. Right. And so you look at Christian McCaffrey a year before he was coming off a high ankle sprain. Right. And he was dropping low in a lot of drafts, sometimes in second round because people are afraid of him in his injury history. And as you've seen last year, he finished as one of those top guys where Shanahan was using him everywhere. He was even he had a game where he threw a touchdown. He caught a touchdown and ran a touchdown against the Rams last year. So. Um, I just I, I I trust Shanahan to use him the correct way. Um, I'm not too concerned about Elijah Mitchell. I think it's enough to go around in that offense as far as um, their 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 shares and run and carries because again they're run first team. Um, but I, I think there's enough to go around, and you're not going to find too many guys that's going to get seventy to seventy to eighty percent of the carries each game. Um, in much in most leagues, as the league is moving to a running back by committee. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, you really covered it from an injury standpoint. I have no concerns there with CMC. Um, and I would even say from the Elijah Mitchell standpoint, Elijah Mitchell had one game where he had double-digit carries last season. He only had one game where he went over 10 carries, only one game where he had over 30% of the snap share. So, um, honestly, he's not one that concerns me too much. I think that you know, it may help that he can spell CMC at times to help CMC sustain himself throughout the course of the season. So, you know, he's one that will allow CMC to not be running to the ground. Uh, but I don't think that he's too much of a threat to prevent Christian McCaffrey from being the number one or a top three running back at worst this year. Yeah, I mean, I agree with both of you guys. I mean, I'm not shying away when Christian McCaffrey's uh, healthy. He's a top five fantasy running back in PPR leagues, hands down. Um, he's only had uh, – he only finished outside of the top ten where the two seasons where he was injured, where he only played three games in 2020 and played seven in 2021. But outside of that, he finished no no worse than than 10th or – I mean, I'm sorry, 11th. I'm, I'm sorry, 10th. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm messing this up. I'm getting rusty. I'm going to get better as time goes on. He finished 10th in PPR leagues in fantasy – and that was his rookie season. This is a guy that is just as effective in the past game as he is with the rushing game. So I'm 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 loving CMC. If I'm at the top of my leagues, which I'm not, I'm not hesitating to pick him outside of Jettas as we'll get into the receiver tier a little later on. Um, Austin Eckler, I mean, we'll touch on him a little bit, but I mean, it doesn't go any further to say. I mean, he's he's another guy that's in our tier one there um and how effective we know just like christian mccaffrey he's effective in the running game as well as the receiving game uh he's somebody that i think that he's got that contract situation out the way in la so now he's ready to prove why he's earned that money but that's another guy that i think that you can't go wrong with do y'all agree or you know do y'all feel like 
Um, I mean, we know that he has an offensive coordinator change there. Um, and, you know, I think that that's going to that's going to help him more. You know, we see how Zeke was used in Dallas. So our Pollard was using Dallas. So I expect the same thing in, in, in L.A. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, in tackling Austin Eckler, I have no concerns there either. As you mentioned, he's always going to be a feature piece in that offense. Uh, when you have a, a running back that's getting over 100 receptions, uh, that's something that you cannot beat, obviously, in PPR. And the thing with Austin Eckler, the only maybe little concern is, is there going to be any touchdown regression there? Uh, now, I know over the last two seasons, he's proven he had 20 touchdowns in 2021. In 2022, we followed that up with 18 touchdowns when people were a little bit nervous of if there was going to be a regression. So that's the only thing. Do you think that maybe those touchdown numbers come down? Are those sustainable over the course of the year? But we know he's always going to be a feature weapon. Um, he's always a, a, a quick check down option for Justin Herbert and um, is really a safety net. So I have no concerns there. Full agreement, brother. All right, let's move on to top to tier two. Of course, we got Ramon's man, Bijan Robinson. Uh, we'll lead off there. We'll let him start off there. Uh, I think that um, as well as uh, Nick Chubb is in tier two for me and uh, Tony Pollard is in tier two for me just because of volume. I expect him to have a, a big year. Uh, Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs, that, that rounds off the field there uh, in tier two. Do y'all have any issues with those guys? And we can get into them. No. Uh, no, no. Oh. Okay. No, everybody. I mean, your tiers are by, it's just, is it by threes or are we going fives, brother? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I mean, it's just whoever, I, I'm I'm doing it by like. Whoever like, you feel yeah. is the top guys. No, yeah. ADP, you know, that, right. that, you know, that, that's pretty much how I'm doing the tiers. And you so said. Yeah, you ahead. said Saquon in that tier, right? You said Saquon in tier two. Oh, we put Saquon in, in, in tier, tier one. one. Okay, yeah, so we so. elevated. I'm just okay, just making sure. Oh, uh, these, so tier one is like your first picks of who you would probably pick in the in the in the mid mid first round into the second, and then those tier two guys probably will fall in the in the in the in round two round two area, uh, late second round area so yeah. i don't does that make sense gotcha. to y'all yeah uh, yeah i, I, should, I probably yeah. should have got the criteria before so it it is adp so it's not like ability wise it's just like where the tier dictates where you would draft them in and how you value okay them. okay yeah. so yeah i mean that's here too I, I i'm right there with you with that tier too i would either myself i would argue for my tiers and for the guys i feel you know um can fit kind of sneak into that tier one but they're tier two right now is Tony Pollard, which you mentioned in the tier two, um, just because of his range of outcomes, right? No one would be confused. No one would be um, uh, surprised, right, if he finished as RB1 this year with the workload that he has, right? When you look at the guys that he has behind him, what you look when you look at the limited, not limited, well, how many carries that Zeke took from him last year, how many goal line carries Zeke took from him last year, and you look at what's behind him, right? And Deuce Vaughn, very good player, right? but I don't see him being a goal line guy, right? I don't see him coming in and replacing him as a 5'6", 150-pound running back, right? I don't see that happening. And you look at the cuts today, um, I believe uh, Rico Dow was cut. So there's not much behind Tony Pollard right now. Nobody really threatened him for that every down role. And we've seen what he did in a limited sample. Um, so it's really, to me, 
Um, he can be one of those guys that no one will be, again, surprised that he, if he finished running back one this year, um, that he can sneak into that tier one. So um, I like him a lot as a, a top tier one guy. Just quick question. Um, do you like him so much because he's one of your keepers in the in the league that we <laughs> so have? I, I can, look, hey, I can speak very honestly about him <laughs> because nobody else can grab him because he's a keeper. So I can speak because here's the thing about this league, and we talk about it and we do this, we do this podcast every year. We have to be honest, right, for our listeners, but there's also that small competitive that we don't want to give to each other because we still got to draft this upcoming weekend but again we give the listeners what they want i can be completely honest about him because he is one of my keepers gotcha yeah gotcha. I mean, and, and, and attack all tack on to that i mean we've seen what he could do with volume uh we've seen where the offense was shifting last year and we all collectively agreed that the writing was on the wall for zeke but i mean you look at a guy that you know started with the bye week finished as a rb10 as as a performer as as "Quote unquote," the Cowboys RB two. He finished as an RB ten. So, like you said, Los, I like Pollard a lot. Give me Pollard all over the board. If I have the opportunity to draft him, I will. And I think right now in leagues, you're able to get him in that second round. So, I mean, that's that's my skill on that. Yeah. Um. I guess I'll go ahead and chime in on my guy Bijan Robinson, man. Um. Bijan is a guy that I actually currently have in my tier one as I evaluate running backs. And to me, one of the key things with B. John Robinson is the fact that a couple of things. I think he is the best running back prospect that we've seen come into the league since Saquon. Um, I believe that he is elite. His vision, just the way he his ability, his agility, the way he cuts, all that kind of stuff. Like he is an elite prospect, the best one to me since Saquon. But when we look at fantasy football as well, too, um, you always see that rookie running back like that position is arguably the easiest position to acclimate to to instantly become a productive guy or a top 10 guy. Um, that's a position that you routinely see guys finish in the top 10, whether it was Saquon, where he finished number one overall, whether Christian McCaffrey came in and finished top 10. Leonard Fournette you came in. your hand right here? Huh? Are you tipping your hand with the with I, our first round? I, I, you know, Are you I, tipping your hand right now? I can't. Hey, hey, brother, I can't do nothing about it Yeah, because I'm behind you, so... You got to give the listeners what they want, man. You got to give them what they want. And I'm just letting them know that I think that's like that. My bad. I think that B. John Robinson is a first round pick in this upcoming draft. So let me ask you this. Do you have any worry about Algier behind him? Another running back last year, rookie running back that finished the first Falcons running back to finish with a thousand yards rushing last year. Do you have any worry about him? eating into his carries and the success of the Falcons offense. So more worries about the success of the Falcons offense than I have about Tyler Algier. Like I still do like Algier as a talent, but I view it, even though they both are young guys, I view this kind of how we just talked about that Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. Like I believe that they will utilize Algier. He'll have some carries here or there. But I really think that, honestly, you have to feed a guy like B. John Robinson. And when you see him, when you are feeding the rock to him and see how special he is, you know, you're not going to be able to keep him off the field. So, honestly, I have more concerns, like you said, with the production of the offense and really concerns about that QB position. Can they get him down there, especially in the goal line situations, to be able to score, to have those touchdowns that he might need? Um, But beyond that, I don't really truly – have too much concern about the uh the backfield 
All right. So let's shift this conversation and talk about my guy in tier two, uh, Nick Chubb. Um, he he is in, in tier two. Um, this, this The tiers is just a tiers rough uh, right now. You know, his ADP is uh, 1.09 according to Fantasy Pros. But I put him in a tier two because there are guys out there that you probably would take before him. But I think Nick Chubb, I mean, I think he's in for a month a year. Uh, he's my keeper in our opinionated bench warmers league. Um, I was able to give get him up, give up a second and get him. But the thing I like about Nick Chubb is that there's no more Kareem Hunt. So uh, to say that there will be 123 carries uh, left out there that Kareem Hunt will leave, that means that I expect Nick Chubb's workload to expand. And I think where there was concerns that Nick Chubb was being subbed a few subbed quite frequently on the third down, but I expect him to be uh, on the you know, to be their third down back and to even get some catches this year. But, you know, I say Nick Chubb uh, across the board on, on this board is probably the best pure runner in the league. And, you know, I'm expecting that. Yeah. Give me all of that. Nick Chubb, any draft, I, any draft I'm in, I'm going to try to get Nick Chubb. Come on. Man. Come on, man. Grow up. Dang, extra pause, man. Come on, man. Golly, I done, I done lost my train of thought, man. What? Go ahead, right. finish. You can't just say give me all that Nick Chubb and just gloss over that <laughs> like that. Bro. I said give me all of some Nick Chubb, like <laughs> in my drafts. Come on, man. No, man. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, go ahead, brother. Anybody got some bad on Nick Chubb? Nah, I, I think no, I think it's a it's a good pick, like you said, man. He's gonna have that backfield uh, to himself, and the thing about it as well, too. I think that that offense is going to be humming more with, you know, uh, why can't I think of his name now? Deshaun Watson being back to closer to form, I think that you will see that offense be really productive. And I think that he will have those goal line situations to see that uptick um, in touchdowns. And also, too, you might see him a little bit more in the passing game. He's not, to me, a prolific pass catcher, but I believe that there may be more opportunities for that. So. So yeah, I do. Um, I do like yeah. Nick Chubb as well. Yeah, again, Nick Chubb is one of those guys where we look at it. He's another one that. How much? What can can one of you guys even name a running back behind him right now? Honestly, like I mean, obviously, I, I know Jerome Ford, right? Felton, all these guys, right? They have not no proven track record before with Kareem Hunt there, giving him issues, but no longer is that really a threat. He can really be that every down guy. Now, we, like you said, we haven't seen him do, be a pass catcher or anything like that necessarily, but I think Nick Chubb with his with his goal line work will get you over the hump in a PPR league. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see what he does there. Uh, yeah, Nick Chubb is my guy. So we'll talk about the next tier. That's Derrick Henry. Now, what's interesting about Derrick Henry here in our tier two is that people are saying that Derrick Henry is slowing down However, Derrick Henry had one of his best fantasy seasons last year in PPR leagues. So what is your, you know, we were ready to write Derrick Henry off, but what do you think Derrick Henry stands as it as today as a fantasy option? I mean, I'm not ready to write him off. I think he's a year or two removed from being, we hitting that wall, right? He, usually when they get around 30, but I think um, the offense is good he enough for him. He was a top him. five running back last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, he has not shown any really real decline, right? So I can't write him off yet. You know, we kind of seen Zeke's coming because we've seen the decline, right? 
but Derrick Henry is still busting long runs. He still still has some juice there. So um, he's not one of the guys that I'm absolutely targeting. But if he falls in that right position, a right spot, you know, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind having him as my guy. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. Uh, I think that Derrick Henry is one of those guys that you may be able to get a little bit later, obviously, this year than you've been able to get him in years past. He's a guy that's definitely, you know, going to be on that board in the second round, um, in my opinion, and he might slide, you know, even a little bit further to the back half of that second round, potentially. Um, but I still think he's a viable, you know, RB1. He's not a guy that that I'm targeting it at this point. But like you said, if he falls kind of in the right spot, I, I definitely would grab him. All right, man. Well, we I think that's it. And we got Josh Jacobs. He just signed a one-year deal uh, with the Raiders to come back. I think that one-year deal, correct me if I'm wrong, was it $14 million? No? It's $12 million. One-year, $12, and Barkley was one fourteen. Okay. Uh, okay. So, um. What do y'all think about Jacobs? I think he's going to repeat. You know, he holds the rushing title for so far in the NFL. I think he repeats that performance. Well, he's been a guy um, – I've been doing a lot of best ball leagues, which is a little bit different. But he's a guy that I've been grabbing as the running back too, not necessarily my number one guy um, because of his role. Um, he was a do-it-all type of guy, and much hasn't changed with that offense or system. I think they're going to feed him. Um, we'll see this year if that last year, if it was an outlier or if it was real deal, but, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm kind of the same for some reason. And it's nothing, not a knock or anything. I've just never really been a Josh Jacobs guy. Um, I, I he went to, just have a little bit to do with that. He went to Bama, maybe a little bit, you know, maybe there's a little bit of bias there, but, uh, just not really a Josh Jacobs guy, nothing to knock the talent. Like you said, he had the Russian title and all of that, but, um, you know, uh, he's not really a guy that I'm going to be targeting probably too much this year. Uh, would, if anything, like to see him maybe involved in the passing game a little bit more this year uh, from a PPR standpoint. Uh, but if we have any ones that are still that are listening that still go old school and play standard, then he definitely is a guy that you need to target. OK, so let's get into our tier three guys, fellas. If you don't have anything else with the tier two. Uh I got Jonathan Taylor, uh, Ramon's guy. Of course, it's a mess in Indiana. Uh, I, um, but you know, I, I'll get in, we'll get into reasonings there afterwards. Uh, if y'all want to slide him in tier two, y'all can. Um, I, I, I'll put him at tier three. You got Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Travis Etienne, Ramadre Stevenson, and Alvin Kamara. And I'll squeeze in Jameer Gibbs, uh, and with the Lions there. Um, but if if not, that's just my personal opinion. Like like Chuck say, my personal opinion. I hate when you say that. By the way, if it's your opinion, it of course is personal. Why why you got to say it's? I don't know. Anyway, so you want to start with Jonathan Taylor, man? Take it away, our our Colts inside analyst. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor is an interesting one. Obviously, uh, we know that the news has dropped that of course he will not be getting traded. Uh, prior to the season getting started. Uh, of course, there were a lot of uh, trade reports out there because there's some discontentment with the organization, some different things that Jim Irsay, uh, as the owner of the Colts, came out and said that Jonathan Taylor didn't really jive with. And so um, you find yourself kind of at an impasse. People thought that maybe he would get moved 
uh, prior to Tuesday or on Tuesday. That was going to be the deadline for him to potentially get traded. He did not get traded, and he's going to remain on the pup list, um, which means that he is going to be out the first four games of the season. Uh, with that being said, and evaluating Jonathan Taylor, he's a guy that actually slid all the way down to my tier four, honestly. Uh, I don't even have him as a tier three guy at this point. Um, when you are talking about redraft leagues, now it's different if you're playing dynasty or things of that sort. But when you're talking about a redraft league and somebody that's going to miss a quarter of the season, that's make or break. We know right now how competitive our league was last year, where first and last were separated by two games. So you're talking about one of your cornerstone guys being out for a quarter of the season. Um, I just don't see that as feasible. And he's actually slid to my tier four. I, I, Jonathan Taylor, I'm avoiding him unless once again he falls to a spot where it's like I can't help but take him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that. I, yeah, I'll just add quickly to it. Yeah, I don't see how anybody can take him in the first three rounds, right? You know, you really, that's a value position. That's a starter, you know, starting position that you just don't have time to sit and wait on, right? And then even then, he comes back in four weeks. What is the situation like, right? Is he going to take off right away? Normally, those guys don't come back after four weeks and just take off, right? They they take a, a game or two to get into. So then you're looking at maybe six games of really getting or six or seven games until you really get the full on Jonathan Taylor. And when the last time we seen him, he didn't look like himself. So, again, he's a guy that I'm fully fading with this new news today, um, uh, today being Tuesday. Um, but. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't like the situation. There's too many v- bad vibes going on with that. He may get traded after the situation and get who knows what situation he's going to end up in. So it's just too much going on with that that I'd rather just kind of pass on this year. Somebody's going to get lucky probably and hit, get a good keeper for him, but it won't be me. I just, I, I, I'm into the business of winning championships. Yeah, I mean, you look at, you know, it's two things: it's contract situation, and then we hadn't seen him play football. We don't even know how severe the injury is. Uh, you know, his, it, you know, I think he has an ankle injury or something like that, knee injury. He, so, so what I will say is, reports are that he's good from that; that he would be cleared, he would be fine to play. But it's really just kind of all the drama that's that's keeping him out at but this we point. Can't, we can't believe we we hadn't seen him. So, you know, there's that uncertainty. I'm not doubting the reports, but you know, we hadn't seen him out there. So, I mean, we he could be injured. Do it? Is he injured or is he not? You know, so. Um, yeah, I mean it's a pass for me too. I put him in tier three just for a from a talent aspect. Also, you 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 are reminded that these are draft picks, just running back. So you don't necessarily mean he'll go in the third round. It's just where you would gauge him. Uh, third, third, third tier three are guys pretty much. I mean they're not a for sure. They all have question marks by them. Um, and that leads me to my next guy, Travis Etienne. Um, they did draft a talented rookie out of Auburn, Tank Bigsby. Uh, reports out of camp says that he will have a role. We don't know how significant, but we know he'll be RB2 for the Jags. Um, but does Travis NTN make you nervous in taking him if he was able to get him in, in that mid-round tier? I mean, I don't – he's, again, Tank Biz, Bigsby, is, I think, is a real deal. Um, and he's looked good during the preseason, right? But um, he's a guy that he, he if he falls to the right position, obviously I would take him. But – He's not a guy that I'm actively searching out for because of Tank Bisbee. Everybody loves, right, that new, young, you know, prospect behind them. And um, I don't know uh, if he ends up being a guy that's in between the 20s, right, 
and then Tank comes in and takes that goal line, then his value automatically drops. So, again, I'm keeping an eye on that. It, 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 I feel like he's a gamble for me, myself, right? I feel like he's a gamble right now. Yeah, and I think, too, to add on, too, I think you see him featured a little less in the passing game as well, too, with what they've added with Calvin Ridley coming over there and having a true number one in that passing game and still having to spread it around to the other weapons that they have there with Evan Ingram and um, with Christian Kirk and those other guys that you still have surrounding. So uh, he's one that, you know, I'm fading a little bit. So, yeah, I will got the turning, guys, here. We're going to shift it a little bit here. Uh, you got to love our flexibility. We're going to get into the two tiers of the position, right? And then we'll discuss those, and then we'll get into a sleeper and a bust of the position instead of going through three tiers. Well, how's, how's that sound? Yeah, probably so probably going forward. I know we kind of already – we're running backs. You know, we kind of hit – a couple of different tiers, three tiers, but I think going forward, that might be a good change up for us, a good change of speed. All right, right so let's right. talk at this position. Instead of us diving into our tier three here, we discussed Jonathan Taylor at length, which is really, really good. Um, another guy that I, I think we – maybe worth some discussion is that my guy Alvin Kamara. You know, we talked about a coat. We could talk about a saint, and then we get into our sleep for bus. I, you, you, got the floor on AK. <laughs> you got the floor on AK. Well, me, I think this will, this will go to a, a sleeper uh, pick as well. I, I think Alvin will slip in most drafts. And I think after a disappointing season last year, he didn't show much besides that huge 40-point fantasy game he had. Um, and he didn't show much. But it, me watching every Saints game, I, I'm not particularly fond of our offensive scheme at times. And then also Taysom Hill stole a lot of touchdowns from Alvin Kamara and stole a lot of carries from him. But being at Taysom Hill, uh, we've self-proclaimed that he'll only be playing strictly tight end this year. I think that Alvin Kamara will have a lot of opportunity. Now, the reason why he'll slip is, of course, he's suspended for three games because of his behavior a couple of years ago at the Pro Bowl in Vegas. Um, but after that time is served, I've seen him in preseason. He looks, he passes my eye test. He looks explosive as ever. The only thing you have to worry about is Kendra Miller. How much will he touch the ball, which I don't think that he will touch it as much as we think he will. And then you have to worry about Jamal Williams, of course, vouchering touchdowns, which I think he led the league in, in rushing touchdowns last year. I don't think that that performance that he had last year is sustainable. But I think I think AK has a nice year this year. Um, I wouldn't let his performance last year shy me away. Um, I think that uh, the numbers can be misleading. Opportunity is everything. After he serves that suspension, I expect him to be uh, back on track and and uh, maybe help you on your fantasy team. And the beauty of him, you probably could get him in the in the late fourth round in most leagues. So that's my spill on AK. Any disagreements there? Rebuttals? No, no, no disagreement. Yeah, I, I'm not taking him in the fourth round, but. Uh... Just messing with you, bro. Just messing with you. You got it. Anyway, that's my sleeper. So I gave mine away, but that that's somebody that I had in my tier three. Yeah, for me, um, uh, as far as sleeper, um, I'll go with a guy that's and, and and let's say sleeper, right? It's a relative term, right? This these days, it's hard to say what a, a guy is a sleeper, right? You know, so much information out there, so much going on. There's no real sleeper. I think what we mean by sleeper is the price that you can get a guy um, and based on the production that they can they can give you. Right. 
Um, and one of the guys that that comes to mind right now is Raheem Mostert, right? We've been waiting on them all offseason to sign the guy, trade for a guy. With the big news today with Jonathan Taylor pretty much staying put for four weeks, um, he's a guy right now that's the number one guy in his offense that could produce later on down the road, right? Or there could be a top, one of those top guys, maybe, you know, maybe not a top five guy, but at the price that you can get him, you know, sometimes later than the 13, 14 round, right? Because he's not the sexy name, right? He's not one of those guys, but he's been injured. He has an injury history. So the price that you can get him, he can be one of those valuable filling guys, especially for bye weeks, especially if your team is hit with injuries because he's a starting running back. With not much to threaten him, but Jeff Wilson, a rookie running back that was running special teams all when I'm talking a chain, I was running special teams all preseason, you know, as the gunner, you know, I don't see him threatening really um, what Raheem Moster can give you. So he's my, you know, and I got the air quotes going sleeper. Yeah, no, I think that that's a heck of a pick right there. I think that that can definitely pay dividends. I would say just covering mine pretty quickly. Um, I'm going to throw out James Cook, man. I like getting guys that are a part of prolific offenses uh, because that, of course, gives you opportunity for touchdown share. Uh, but the thing I like about James Cook, as you know, with running backs and PPR, somebody that can get involved in that passing game. And I think that he has that opportunity. Um, he does have some guys in that backfield with him uh, with a Damian Harris being over there. But I think ultimately he will be the feature back over there. And I think he has the opportunity to get some passing game looks and be a part of a prolific offense. So he will be my guy. I love it. So we're moving on to the wide receiver position. Fellas, I don't know about you. The wide receiver position is very, very deep this year. I think, in my opinion, it, I think there's a lot of guys that can help you on your fantasy teams. We'll go through tiers here. Um, do y'all want me to do it or y'all want to? I mean, that's, It doesn't that's, matter. However you want to flow. We got Jetta, number one, as no surprise. I mean, what more can I say? He's an elite guy. He's a league winner. Uh, he's going number one in most drafts. His ADP is pretty much he's going number one. Um, I, I expect a, a monster season with Justin Jefferson. Um, he had a month. He's he's just been he's just been great since he's been in the league. Uh, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. I don't think we should spend much time there. Uh, we got Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is another one. His running mate in LSU and his older in, in their college days, uh, he's an elite option too. Um, I think that he's probably one of the most talented receivers in this in this in this league that we have. Um, and I think that he's not slowing down. We got Tyreek Hill in that tier one as well. Uh, and without being said, I, I mean, I think Tua maybe takes another step forward. Hopefully he stays healthy, but we know what Tyreek Hill can do there. And, you know, I think that that rounds off that tier one elite wide receiver. Uh, mm. We got some more to add there. I, I mean, I, I could put stuff on Diggs in there, you know what I mean? But that's that's not the guy that I'm I'm pausing on. I know man. Cooper Cup. I know yeah. Cooper Cup. Yeah, I know. Okay. I I'm not encouraged by – I mean, well, Carlos, let's get into Cooper Cup. I mean, he's a Rams fan, and he's the reason why he's not in my tier one. You talk me out of putting him that elite, and you give me a reason why. I mean, he's elite, but you know what I mean. No, I mean, I think I've gotten – since his injury stuff has kind of cleared up over the preseason, 
Um, he's back up there, that guy. I mean, I just look at the targets here. I look at Matthew Stafford, right? Matthew Stafford has been a guy that historically feeds his number one guys, and that goes back to Megatron, right? He's going to give you that guy, you know, and Cooper Cup is the guy that's I'm not – too- What's that? Not a month, St. Brown. No, nah, he wasn't there with him. No, no, no. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Thank Kenny Galladay. Yes, yeah, so Kenny Galladay, Megatron, he's been a guy that historically has fed his guy. And Cooper Cup is a guy that is not – he's only like two seasons removed from being the Triple Crown King, right? And he's coming to the year healthy. Um, I, I will still put – I'll put him in that myself, that tier one guy. But, again – we always do this, right? We, and I, I'll do this, say this to the listeners, right? Take advantage <laughs> of those. Take advantage of those guys that always look at the injuries the previous year, right? The stock is always down. McCaffrey a few years. Cooper Cup is the guy this year. They always are down on those guys, and it has nothing to do with the previous season. Nothing at all coming into the season. You have to erase the previous season. I'll give that nugget. Yeah, nah, y'all already covered Cooper Cup. The last thing I will say is on a point-per-game basis, he was the number one wide receiver last year prior to being hurt. So, guy is still in tier one for me. All right, he's in tier one for me, too. Lowe's Lowe's the reason why I slid him down to tier two. He's like, I I don't know about Cooper, man. He, you know, he's Maybe strategically, I don't know. know. Little gamesmanship. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we got – with so, Stephon Diggs is borderline, but – you know, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't be mad at taking – I wouldn't be mad at Stephon Diggs being my wide receiver one on my fantasy team. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that he's a guy that I definitely have at that top of tier two, uh, a fringe tier one, but I think it does cut at Cooper Cup for me. He's a guy that's, of course, going to be the number one target over there in that offense, has a great quarterback. He's going to lead that target share. Uh, only thing is, you know, last year did end up – kind of interesting uh with some of the on the field sideline type stuff and so just from a continuity standpoint and all that you know making sure that that's clear but i think that ultimately stefan diggs is gonna be stefan diggs man oh it's, right. two, so, it's two stories that popped out on our uncle Stephen a you know what i mean i i, I blocked all the jokes there <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. you know Stephen a first of all come out and say lonzo ball can barely even stand up and lonzo you know, does his little charade trolling Stephen A. But then you had Stephen A. report, and he said he's hearing reports that Stephon Diggs did not want to be in Buffalo. And, you know, Stephon Diggs called Cap on that. So, but I don't know. I've been hearing for a couple of years now Stephon Diggs wanted out. I, I just think that why wouldn't you deny the reports? Like, it's like you telling your boss you're looking for another job. Like, you're not going to tell your boss that you're looking for another job until you got one in hand, typically. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything with that? Anything to that? Y'all think? I I think ultimately though, still with everything of that being considered from a fantasy football standpoint, is he's still gonna be that guy. So uh I think that I wouldn't let that cloud my decision. It's just something that's obviously floating out there. It's, I guess things that if you splitting hairs between guys, maybe, but you know, ultimately Stefan Diggs is gonna be, you know, Stefan Diggs. Ramon, right. if you're on the clock, just quick question. You're on the clock. You got Bijan, Stefan Diggs. Who you taking? B. Oh, well, right. What pick? Fifth pick. If I have the fifth pick, yeah. uh, and somebody that's on the podcast has a sixth pick and he's picking right behind <laughs> me, uh, 
Yeah, it's probably it's 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 up in the air and and, and you know it, it can go either way. It depends on you know what I'm feeling. Well, at the okay, moment. Give it to the listeners, man. <laughs> give it to the listeners, man. Uh, so we slide to tier two here, and I'll start kicking off with saying Devontae Adams, who's been um a, a receiver, a, a, a pass catching savant, if you will, been one of the best route runners, has regarded as one of the best talents at the receiver position in the league. But here we are stepping into this next year. Devontae Adams, talent-wise, can be quarterback-proof. But there are some questions about his new guy, Jimmy G, uh, and what he can do. And that's why I slid him to Tier 2. But don't mistake it. Devontae Adams, if he's available to you at the end of that first round or early second round, I'm definitely snagging him because of the talent. But that's why I had him in Tier 2. A.J. Brown is in that tier. Garrett Wilson, Amon St. Brown, I expect to have a monster season this year if he can stay healthy. Uh, but those are my guys in that tier too. Does anybody want to add or any 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 dis- disagreement there? Nah, I think that, that covers it. I'll just quick note, I, I'm really high on Garrett Wilson this year, man. Yeah. Did I put I said Garrett Wilson, right? Nah, you said Garrett Wilson. I'm just saying in, in that tier oh, yeah. two range. He's oh, the yeah. guy that sticks out to me in tier two. Oh, yeah. I mean, that shoot, man. I, I mean, I, Hard Knocks has made me a believer. I think that Aaron is, even though they're editing, editing, doing some magnificent editing, making him seem like a nice guy. But, you know, his connection with Garrett Wilson and, you know, we know what Aaron Rodgers does, just like Los mentioned with Matthew Stafford. He feeds his guy. And I think Garrett Wilson has the talent that demands the ball and Aaron will get it there to him. Um, some other some other mentions. Uh, my sleeper for this for this position is none other. Maybe it's a homer pick, but I would have to go Chris Olave here uh, again. Another guy uh, <laughs> that I ended up keeping. I only had to give up eighth round in my keeper league in the OB keeper league. Uh, but you know, I think Chris Olave. I mean, when you look at what's around him, MT. You know, coming out, we hadn't seen him play football in about two years, and then you have Chris Olave who as a rookie, guys, as a rookie, finished the season with over 1,000 yards receiving. Do you know who else finished with 1,000 yards receiving their rookie year? Should I name a few? Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase. (laughs) Uh, Jamar Chase. So I think that, you know, talent-wise, he has all the talent in the world. We traded up to get him. I think we're going to feed him, and he's had an upgrade in receiving. I mean, guys, I play Madden now. I I hadn't played in years, but I had to play it, and I'll tell you what, that Derek Carr to Chris Olave connection is special, plus it's pretty nice to play with my team, the Saints, and be able to throw it 40-plus yards down the field and hit a man down the field because it's been a while, guys. It's been a while. But, yeah, Chris Olave is my sleeper. Grab him if you can. I think that you probably can get him – Late in, in late in drafts, if, if I think you can get him probably late second, early third. So look out for Chris Olave. I think he's gonna have a good year this year. Let me just ask you now: is, is your sleeper a tight end? Is it Jimmy Graham? <laughs> you just got all sleepers, just all Saints picks. <laughs> Jimmy Graham or Taysom Hill is what we're gonna hear once we get. The last sleeper pick. wasn't a Saints pick. It was Camara. Every Camara. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. I even slept on yeah, your I mean, own sleeper, bro. You got me. Nah, man. I think 
You know, I like Chris Olave a lot. I think I think the Saints overall is gonna have a good good year this year. But neither what are y'all sleepers, man? Don't get me on my Saints now. Right? So again, sleeper for me, right? This guy's not I would say this year, and I think this is a guy that me and Ramon are both on. Um, we even work try to work a deal to gotta get this going, but you know, it, it fell through in the fourth quarter, you know, right at the finish line. We couldn't get the deal done. But that's neither here nor there. Um, he knows I'm never gonna stop trying to uh, hit his line. I think he even stopped texting me. He was like, "Man, this dude just won't stop. Won't leave me alone I'm trying to get this deal done." <laughs> but anyway, uh, Nico Collins for the Houston Texans. Um, I think he has the profile, the build, right to be that number one guy. I think previous years he just didn't have the quarterback, right? We've seen that before where guys show flashes. They just didn't have the guy to get the ball to him. We've seen this last third preseason game where. You know, he got fed and he actually scored a touchdown in that game. And he's just a guy that, again, has that bill. He has Tank Dell also there. But outside of Tank Dell, a rookie receiver, you know, him, Nico Collins going into his third year, that's really when you see those receivers take that big jump. I think him and Stroud, um, as we've seen in the preseason, that connection, um, and he's going to feed him this year. Health will be the only thing I think will stop him from being one of those guys that will be on the scene this year. All right, that's a that's a good pick. Good pick right there. Maybe we'll re-engage in uh in discussions. <laughs> um, but uh I guess uh for my for my sleeper pick, man, I was on the fence with this one because the, the guy that I'm gonna actually pick, I don't know how much of a true sleeper he is. Um, and I have a, a backup. So if y'all y'all let me know if my first one doesn't work and I'll go to my backup. But I'm gonna go with I'm high on DJ Moore this year. Um and I'm ooh, high on DJ ooh. Moore. That's kidding. Huh? <laughs> I'm high on I, I agree with you. I agree with you, brother. Okay. I'm high on DJ Moore by him going to Chicago, having Justin Fields. Uh, we've seen how when guys have gotten, you know, those younger quarterbacks have gotten their guy, um, how they have force fed him. And I think that that's going to be the thing for DJ Moore this year. I think that he's the clear number one there in Chicago. And I think that we've always seen the talent there, uh, but we just haven't seen that consistent output from DJ Moore. And I think that it's going to pop up um in in chicago this year so he's a guy that i'm really high on um okay i like it I like both of them so who are who is a bust receiver who you feel like is going too high and you don't expect them to have the type of year that's expected it, i mean i think that's hard to say right now right um i i when i i say at their position they're going um I look at a guy like um, – come back to me. Come back to me because I, I had a thought, but then it, it I, I actually kind of like this guy at the right position. Uh, I mean, all right. so this this is a this is a tough one. <laughs> if I if I just absolutely right now just have to pick a guy, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with DK Metcalf. I think that DK is not going to uh, produce to the level of what his name is. Now, we know the talent of DK Metcalf. We know people always think about him chasing down, having that big chase down tackle, all that kind of stuff. Just one of the most physically gifted wide receivers that you have out there. But I think that when you look at that team and you look at the fact that you bring in JSN, who was the number one uh, wide receiver basically taken in this last draft, that's another weapon that you have to feed. You're always going to have to target Tyler Lockett as well. That's someone that you have to account for in that offense. And then the way that they built out the backfield as well to depend on that running game, um, as far as what you have with Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet, 
Um, you know, it's kind of difficult for me to see DK having that true like wide receiver one type season. Uh, I still believe in the talent. I just don't know if the target share is going to be there. So for a guy that I believe may fall under where he's being drafted, I'll go with DK Metcalf. All right. Hey, I, I, I kind of, I kind of. You got Smith the Jig and Jigba there too. So, you know, and Tyler Lockett's going to get his as well. I mean, I, I had DK last year and it was very frustrating. Uh, very frustrating to have him on my team. But go ahead, Logan. Yeah. Yeah, so the one guy that I would I would say is Michael Pittman, right? He's a guy that caught 99 balls last year. He's coming nowhere near that this year. And let's just be honest. And, I I mean, again, I, I like what the I coach – I kind of like Pittman, man. I, but it, to each his own, and I hope you take him. I hope you take him early because right now I just really feel in that offense, right, it's going to be a run-first offense. Historically, with run-first offense, with a running quarterback – um, wide receiver ones just don't do well in those offenses. Well, he's going to be targeted. He's going to be fine and and at, at the right position. But where he's going right now, he's a guy that I'm staying away from because of I don't think, again, that he's going to come nowhere near those 99 catches that he had last year. He's going to be one of the guys that's going to definitely regress. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, 99 balls, who he had throwing to him? You know, so, I mean, I, I don't know. Michael Pittman, is, to me, has proven to be, you know, maybe a little bit of quarterback proof. We'll see. I think uh, Richardson will have his struggles, but I don't know. I, I think Mac, Michael Pittman fares pretty well this year, but we'll see. I like it, man. We can always talk side bet. You know, me and you good at that. We oh, can yeah. always talk that. Oh, yeah, we definitely can. Uh, somebody that I have here, and you guys are going to kill me for this, uh, but I, I'm going to go Debo Samuel here. Uh, I, I have seen him drafted pretty high in drafts um, and so far this year. And, I I mean, in mocks and stuff, I, I just don't feel like he's going to be used in what made him as effective as a fantasy player. For instance, he won't be used in the backfield as much. Um, unless you, you're going to sustain injuries to Elijah Mitchell and uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, and then, you know, you got Brandon Ayuk emerging there as well. I just don't feel like the volume's going to be here. Uh, right now, um, right now, Debo is, is being taken as a ADP is 38. So he's being taken at the back end of the third round, early fourth round. So I think that's a little bit high for my taste to take Debo. I've never really been a huge fan of Debo. But he always performs on other people's team. I'm like, why did I pick Debo? But I think this is the year I'm finally right where Debo is not going to give the return that his ADP of, of third round, fourth, late third, early fourth round uh, is cost. I think he's a little too expensive for my blood. So if you get him in the right spot, take him. I'll take him because the talent is there and Debo will get his. But I don't think that his talent will justify taking him in the third, late third, early fourth. So, yeah. No. Yeah, I agree with that. I just think the 49ers offense is a, a team, right? They have a lot of miles to feed, right? And I think he could be a guy that can be inconsistent all year, right? You know, at first he was getting heavily used as a running back. When McCaffrey came over, those carries kind of went away. It wasn't as as often. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that, you know, if you look at it historically, he's only had one true wide receiver, one, you know, finish. Now, it just so happened that that season he – did finish at like the actual top. But as far as, you know, him being among, you know, the 12 top receivers, which is what we view as wide receiver ones, I think he's only had one top 12 finish. Definitely one top 10 finish, but I think it's only been one top 12 finish. Yep. 
Well, yeah, fellas, let's go ahead and wrap it up here, man. We have time well spent. Um, make sure, you, listeners, make sure you're following us on O underscore Bench Warmers. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That is the 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 most 100% sure way you can keep up when we drop content on wherever you like to find your podcast. Until next time, we're going to get out of here. Later. Later.